Welcome to Rector's Cupboard, a podcast for people who are interested in questions of culture and faith. We ask these questions from outside the institutional structures of religion. We're glad that you're listening and hope that you enjoy and benefit from the conversation. So this is our first ever arts and culture panel for Rector's Cupboard. It, it seems like uh, not a grandiose beginning. Uh, <laughs> it's, really. also, it's also the first ever <laughs> entertainment panel. Those are, are slightly different. Are we set different. on these names? No, we're not set on the names. No, we're not set on the names. No, we're not set on the names. He's it, being no. Yeah, no. We're we we can we can come up with different take this names offline anytime. as they but say. But it is going to be an arts and culture panel combined with an entertainment panel. We three of us are here. Well, two of us are here, and well, and yeah. one of us is not here um, because uh, as somebody I heard on TV, I think it was uh, Tina Fey being interviewed by Seth Meyers, and she referred to the never ending pandemic, which I think we all feel, but the truth is it's not never ending. It just is going on and on because right now, well, it, Allison, it will end. There will be a yes. declared ending, but right now it we're does seem a long way off. And, yeah. and uh, we've had some more scares recently. COVID scares. Allison's had more than a scare. Uh, Allison, uh, I'll tell a little bit of the story. You can fill in the details. Um, Allison's here. Amanda's here. Allison, uh, this is how I remember it, so you can correct it after. Oh I've, my after goodness, I'm concerned about where this is going. And that is that your young son Joshua, who is what five, six years old, you probably know. Yes, he's five. He's five. I do know his age. He's five years old, and he seemed to have some symptoms or something. And Allison thought, "I'll tell, I'll tell Amanda the story," and Allison can kind of watch. Oh my it. goodness. Um, and so Allison thought, oh, Josh is a little bit symptomatic. Maybe we should test him for COVID just in case. Allison's super responsible. Like that she is. I will agree with that wholeheartedly. Frustratingly so. <laughs> and frustratingly so you can imagine being her five-year-old Thank you, Josh. Oh, man. So she said, Josh, you're going to take a COVID test. And he said, nah, or something like that. As Again, toddlers do. Correct it later. Right. Is five toddler? <laughs> no. Passed, And I he's guess. like... Six two or something, so he's yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he's large. He's a large kid. So she said, "You're going to take this test, and it requires sticking this thing up your nose, which generally kids would be fine with. But when they when they're told they have to stick something up their nose, <laughs> no, it needs to be on their terms, right? Yeah, which, you I don't mean, get we can all kind of understand. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, when it's your choice, yeah. But when mm-hmm. somebody else says this is going up your nose, oh no. So Josh said, "I don't want to do that." However, he. Did I mean Allison will tell us how? So Allison, being the responsible adult she is, Almost though experiencing so. no symptoms, said, "Josh, I have a test here. I'll show you how it's done. This will help you feel a little more, you know." Just and seems so, like good parenting, right? Though yeah. she had no symptoms, though, and you know where this is going. I sure do. Joshua tested negative, and Allison tested positive. Wah, wah. Hey. So we haven't I seen know, her that's since. That's what I get for for trying to be compassionate with my son and be like, "I'll do this as well, Josh. Don't worry." And now we have quarantine Allison over. So Zoom. she's still over yeah. Zoom. I'm at get- the end of my quarantine. I am no longer symptomatic. I never really was very symptomatic. I had fatigue and a little bit of a sore throat, a little bit of congestion, but. Yeah, I've I've been cleared to to begin re-entering society, um, so I'm so looking forward to we that. We may see Allison in person tomorrow. Fingers crossed. If yes, so. I'll be yeah. wearing a mask and stuff still. But so our first yeah. ever arts and culture panel and our first ever entertainment panel, uh, which as it's called today, is kind of the same thing. Oh um, my goodness! For us, at least, <laughs> takes place uh, partially by Zoom, which seems fitting. 
because much of arts and entertainment, it, arts and culture has been by Zoom. This does just it feel feels very appropriate, doesn't over it? the past couple yeah. of years. Appropriate for what um, the last two years have been. It long ago ceased being novel or exciting. For, I'm not you know. sure. I'm not exciting sure it was, ever, was ever the word that I would have chosen. Um, Novel for sure. So anyway, with that as a big preamble, welcome you two to our first ever <laughs> entertainment and arts. And I mean, you could also welcome just to our call rambliness. it us have, talking about things we like. I have a few questions for. Yes. So that's all we're going to do, and hopefully, those who are listening, um, will get some recommendations of shows, TV hopefully. shows, maybe, maybe movies, just some entertainment. Some books, listening to us ramble, some things they might go, oh, I should check that out or check that out. Um, and uh, I think a lot of the things that we'll talk about, we like or hate a lot, which also can be interesting for people to go like, I'm going to watch that if they hated it. I yeah, might fair find enough. it interesting. Makes it compelling. Um, so I thought given, you know, Rector's Cupboard and kind of talking about hopeful faith and hopeful theology, I thought just as a springboard, I'd ask you two in your growing up, um, what the general, and I think it would be different for each of you, what the general kind of relationship between like arts, culture and entertainment and faith was. Did you have a sense that like, you can watch anything or was it like some things you're allowed to watch and some things you're not? Go ahead. Oh. Allison's ready to go. I, I am. But, yeah. Um, particularly when I was younger, uh, we were not allowed to listen to what would be termed secular music. Uh, we had to listen to Christian music. Um, and this was and your parents that told you that? Yes. Yeah, I do remember okay. that specifically on Sundays, uh, the the radio station on in our big old blue van would be tuned to 106.5. Praise. Well, it used to be called KLYN. It used to be called KLYN. Christian yeah, radio. so I mean, but like books and what about and TV shows? And stuff that we watched and TV shows, like they they didn't have to be Christian. Maybe that's just because it was well, they didn't have to be Christian, available. but I'm sure there were things that were like bad to watch, right? Oh well, I mean, there was definitely stuff that my parents were like, "Nope, that's not happening." Um, more when we were younger, less um, less so now. That's fair. I mean, I think my growing up experience was different than yours because yeah. my parents don't and didn't go to church. Um, so the things that I consumed weren't moderated in that way. There were certainly things I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid. Like I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Um, but I think really? that was typical maybe of a lot of, I don't know, when The Simpsons first came out, apparently. like I wasn't either. Yeah, there was something about Bart and he didn't respect his you parents. You guys are both so young. I, I, <laughs> I um I was a youth minister when The Simpsons was like at its peak, early days, and and we and I used to have Simpsonathons with like youth oh my group gosh, kids and stuff. yeah, no, but I, I understand that, that was kind of exceptional. For, yeah. yeah, we but would watch like forty like my Simpsons in a didn't, row or something. Didn't parent the things that I consumed. Like I was reading Stephen King books probably when I shouldn't. Yeah. I was quite young. <laughs> However, if you fast forward to youth group, that's what I'm gonna say. Then you got all youth groupy. Yeah, I sure did. Um, then we talked about things like. Christian music and I mean I've talked about it a little bit before where I still deeply regret getting rid of all of my CDs yeah. um, right because it just wasn't appropriate for us to listen to it um, that was the message well and then with television shows and such and movies it would be mm -hmm. like you know what are you putting before your eyes is that whatever is noble yeah. whatever is lovely whatever is you know yeah. think about such things or they would use set, you know verses to can you guys remember a time as a young adult or when or even now where you're like, oh, I can't believe I watched that. 
like given that like oh that was so vulgar that was so kind of edgy that like you know where you still have that hold a little bit like i that was oh yeah that i was on remember, the other I mean, line of moral i snuck choices. in to interview with the vampire and I remember feeling so guilty about it for so long. Because you didn't pay or because you... Oh, no, I paid. <laughs> oh. I paid. But but I, <laughs> but I sneak in. I mean, it was like rated R or whatever it was. Ah. And I was too young to go see it. So we co-opted people outside the movie theater and got them to bring us in as though we were accompanying them. Um, but I remember... Revelations. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, this is confessional time, arts and entertainment confessional. Um, but I remember feeling so guilty about it afterwards because it just wasn't, uh, I don't know what the right word is, like clean. It wasn't appropriate. I shouldn't have watched it. I think I've said it on the mic before, but I remember I was already working for a church and, and you know, I was kind of past the secular music is bad thing, obviously, because um, Alanis Morissette's album Jagged Little Pill was out and it was sometime after it was like super huge. But I thought, oh, I better give that a listen. Like she seems really interesting and intelligent. And and then I remember listening to a song like I was like one hand in my pocket, you know, and, and the other mm, and whatever. And then yes. there's like swearing in there and stuff. And I remember thinking like and that's when I felt that like, oh, this is the kind of music that people said I shouldn't be listening to. Mm. And then also that realization, wait a minute, this is better like it's more interesting musically and strangely more meaningful than much of the stuff that i am allowed to listen to right and that kind of line we can carry all the way through our lives i'm mm -hmm. thinking of a show that you and i have both watched allison's watched some of it um that's current called righteous gemstones oh so good hbo oh, show yeah, yeah. um what's his name john goodman yeah, John Goodman's yeah. the main thing, but oh, Danny McBride. Mm -hmm. It's like a Danny and McBride Adam kind Divine of vehicle. Yeah, theme. and it's a, a televangelist family. It's just crude and vulgar. It, yeah, and it can be off the rails a little bit. Yeah, it and, is. And well, also, I mean, obviously that's intentional. Like they they're doing it for for like a oh, shock yeah. value and stuff like that. But like, there's parts where like when I've watched with you guys, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what is happening? Yeah, not only crude and vulgar, but sometimes then also just like stupid, like joyfully <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Right. However, well, at like the same time, weirdly, like very graphically violent at points. Yeah, just just gratuitous yeah. kind of. Yeah, but like in like an over the top absurd way. Mm -hmm. And yet, it makes it does some great parody. Absolutely, I think it does. so. Yeah, with some of the Although church I, stuff. I do think that clearly the people who write it, as well as I think a lot of the people who enjoy it, have had kind of enough kind of an, of an evangelical. Uh, context that they've either grown up in or some it's sort of South. experience it's with that South. i'm just like yeah. oh my goodness somebody, mm -hmm. somebody has to have some inside knowledge on some of these things so i do recommend that if i mean if you're put off by vulgarity then don't watch it <laughs> uh, maybe don't um, maybe don't but if you love vulgarity one, like we do then i'll go for it um the the <laughs> baptism episode alone Oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh. that's the one that cool. I was thinking of. Look, yeah. I mean, there's two. So there's the the wave pool scene. So this is your season that's two. That's the season very first scene, talking, where I think, of the entire series. walking on water. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. That's oh the baptism gosh. scene. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so Righteous Gemstones is one. Um, there's the, the one for me, I don't think you guys watch this, or maybe you do, um, called Shameless, that's a little more... Yep. Well known. I haven't wa I've watched Macy, some of it, but not it's, much. It, it's done now. It, we haven't watched the finale, Jen and I, but we're in the last season. I think even all the seasons now are on Netflix. Um, it's fantastic as well. But again, there's those early times where you're, or there's times when you're watching, if you were raised in kind of any kind of setting, religious or otherwise, where it's like, this is acceptable, this is not, where it's going to push those lines. But yet, more meaning, 
I would even say more hope, um, certainly more kind of relational value in some ways than than many, many other things. Well worth watching. The three of us have watched, have watched sometimes together a few episodes of a show that was on, I think it was current a few years ago, um, and that is Dairy Girls. Allison, that's more yes. you're doing. Now, it's not directly vulgar and stuff, but it is certainly not. Um, oh, there's a lot of language in it. There's there? a okay. lot of language in okay. it. But um but you no, barely this has been a Irish. reasonably recent discovery of mine, which uh, it's not like a brand new show. I think it's a few years old. Uh, it's on Netflix and it's so, so good. Like it's just wonderfully funny. And there's so much like amazing, like humanity in the relationships and stuff like that. A lot of swearing as well. Um, uh, and, and it's part of the, like the, the British tend to have like two seasons, six episodes each. And yeah. then it's done. Like right. it's, it's not it's not a huge commitment to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of um some Ricky Gervais shows as well that yeah, have similar. some stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um what's the there's one I think it's called Afterlife or something now. Yeah, that's his yep. newer one. I always one, find yeah. it interesting that there are people who kind of are very upfront about their atheism and then make uh, write books or make TV shows in his case or this that are very much asking questions of transcendence and meaning and I think that it's great and I don't mean them. to I yeah. don't mean to turn him into something he's not I just think that show is an example of things that ask uh, of something that asks sometimes questions in better ways than are asked in in overtly like religious circles mm-hmm. um, so yeah. afterlife is one um, then do you guys watch as many movies as you used to or like, I don't think anybody does right now given that like the theater is I, no i mean tv is really good right now yeah as well it's a golden age um, yeah there's right? lots of good like stuff. the storytelling that's happening on tv is so good um but i really love the movie theater i really do i You've love been a few times lately i, I have yeah so what yeah. have you seen um i saw the new dumbledore secrets of dumbledore movie and then in the Boy, same some, weekend some people hated that hey like and I still loved but, it. But, but some people hated it before seeing it. They were like, yeah, well, she's lost her magic. It's, it's and kind she... of fraught with cancel culture. Right. Yeah. There's so much. Right. There's it. so much kind of hovering around it, around Johnny Depp and, and all of those things. Right. And like it's, J.K. Rowling. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But if you, and it, it's one of those tensions of like, what's your line? Where do you cancel? Uh, like, I don't even want to necessarily talk about that, but <laughs> yeah. the, the movie itself is still that kind of like suspension of belief and magic and, mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed it. I, I really did. I enjoyed it. Some um, of the things that she does so but this, well. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the beasts and the, the animals yeah. and all of those things, they're, they're great. Um, and then in the same weekend, I saw um, everything everywhere all at once. And I. What's the, that's the title. Yeah. Okay. And I can't. Because <laughs> that would be a busy weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good. And I went yeah, into Yeah, I really want to see it now. Really. Knowing what to expect, it's um, it appealed to Gavin because it's like this multiverse thing, right? Like there's multiple parallel universes and stuff. So there's kind of like this sci-fi thing to it, which um, Gavin, my boyfriend, like that's his wheelhouse. Um, We'd be but putting it, had, it mildly. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an understatement. Is there a bigger way to put that? <laughs> he's a super nerd. Your wheelhouse um, is he's, alternate he's universes. He's a lovely super nerd. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but there's so much humanity in it. It was so good. And it's it's similar to the righteous gemstones and it borders on the absurd at times. Ah. Um, right. Like it's, it's comical and parts of it are a little bit stupid. Um, but it's, it's about intergenerational trauma and, and the relationship between parents and children and, um, husband and wife and kind of like, 
unfulfilled lives or a lot of questions of like, if only I had done something different, what would my life be hmm. like? But it's not um, like a thing that's like getting tons of press or it's not. I don't it is actually. It's it starting to develop it's a bit of a cult. Well, so it's, one of those yeah, that, it's a slow yeah, burn, I good. think. Um, but I can't recommend it enough. There's so much to it. But in the middle yeah. of it, while you're sitting there, there is a degree of like, what the heck is happening? So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I mean, Amanda, I know that you and I have had some conversations where where you're talking, uh, I've noticed it because I've got kids. So most of the movies that I watch are with them. So there's a lot of movies that that I don't watch anymore because it gets too late by the time that they're asleep for me to watch movies they can't watch. But um, two of the new like Disney, Pixar, whatever ones, Encanto and Turning Red, I've mm. noticed very interesting. And this even goes back to like older ones like Moana even, that there are less kind of hard and fast criminal or not, uh, criminal, uh, like villain characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more about kind of relationship and trauma and a resolution of that rather than fixating on like a bad guy that they fight and defeat and stuff. And it's very interesting because I've had some fun conversations with my kids about some of the things that they're witnessing in these in these movies. And I think they lead to good conversations because they talk about like complex things and uh, were you talking about like the intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and relationships between parents and kids? And you see like parents who are apologizing for ways that they've messed up. And it's it's very interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying kind of this turn. Yeah, it's interesting that turning red and everything everywhere all at once is very similar in that vein of, of multiple generations and the expectations of parents. Um, yeah. And you know, new generations pushing away from those expectations or um, feeling what it means to not meet up to them or feeling that you've disappointed them somehow. And um, I think they're really important stories and it's, it's kind of refreshing to see that in a Disney movie, right? It's not just about the princess being saved by, you know, a prince. And to your point, like the, um, the villain isn't this like caricature. Um, Yeah. I kind of miss kids' movies. I, I should watch them more. Obviously, when my there's kids some were really younger, good stuff out there. A ton of them. And, I'll watch yeah. them with you. Some people, yeah. Some people are, yeah, for Encanto. sure. Encanto. It's beautiful. Like it's visually it beautiful. Oh um, yeah, it's it's striking, and the music is great. And I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love particularly about Encanto is one of the characters in it, one of the older sisters. She's like bodybuilder, super like her like superpowers that she's like strong, and like they, the love that people have have shown for this person who isn't this typical princess, mm-hmm. you know, hyper overly like stereotypically effeminate and thin and like, like she is strong and she's muscular and she's, and people love her. And it apparently has taken Disney entirely by surprise. Awesome. Like they don't have enough of her merchandise because they expected kind of the more typical pretty sister to mm. be more popular. And I think it it's showing that like, that's awesome. Be changes with things and that people really identify and I you know, connect with that when I was a kid right yeah, yeah. Like, but it's really good they do, do now presentation it's so great to see yeah it. it's good they do now yeah you mentioned Allison at times not being able to watch like you know a whole movie once the kids are in bed it's too late it's too that you're not the only one that many people sometimes it's attention span whatever now movies just seem like too long there was that SNL skit or a short done a few weeks ago pete davidson and a bunch of other people it was like and was it wasn't it called so like short good. short ass movie or something or yes, short ass where they were like pleading with the Netflix way they choose things on well the way they choose things is they was. look how long it is and if it's like an hour and a half or less then they're open so to apparently it apparently netflix has created a new category they have, I was in response that. to that have they they did, they did like yeah. within two days they had 
short ass yeah. movie section. Yeah. yeah. Well Anything done. that's I think under an hour and a half or like yeah. that's the threshold. Like yeah. nothing more than that. Because like I think it's the new Batman movie, which I have seen also. Yeah. I guess I do see a lot of movies. Yeah. Um <laughs> I consume a lot of media. Um it, it was long. It was over three hours. <sighs> And I loved it. It was a great movie. Yeah. But then you walk away from it realizing like most That's of my body is That's as long as a podcast. Asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so that gets me to another thing. Like the little, the things that we um, consume media wise in little chunks. So I'm thinking of how like I record a fair bit of late night TV and then sometimes catch up, sometimes don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can feel like work. Like, oh, I got to, you know, clear out all the. <laughs> There's a know, lot Colbert sitting on my something. PVR right um, now. Yeah. What, what are we, what are you guys watching there? Like I, I quite like uh, Seth Meyers and Closer Look. Allison, you were saying the same. Yeah, no, that's one of my favorites. I mean, I don't actually have cable. And so my late night stuff is all what's on, like what the shows post on YouTube. So right. I'll watch like Stephen Colbert's monologue. I love that one. But Seth Meyers has, he has through the pandemic, there has been kind of a very distinct kind of change in him. And I, I think he's one of, the people that has come out really very positively from this and adapted well to doing, you know, remote work at home. And he's come up with like a web exclusive um, segment called corrections that he airs on Fridays. That is all just like dealing with comments in the YouTube section. And it's like, it's probably if you haven't watched yeah, with it people already, saying like you, you, pronou- you pronounced this wrong or you did this thing wrong. And so then, yeah. You know, or being like, Oh, well, you know, it couldn't have been this because that didn't occur until, but yeah. it is just be- like the levels or it, it's, it's become very layered at this point, but it's actually one of my favorite things on Friday. I wake up and I'm like, oh, corrections will be posted. And it's like this wonderfully, like just joyful kind of moment of my week because it's just Seth Meyers in his studio, no audience. So you hear the crew members and stuff and he's he does a lot of kind of like just riffing and he goes like way longer and stuff. So you get to see kind of his like almost his stand up personality come through there. And it's so yeah, funny. I hear it's I really, love I've it. seen it once I've, and it was fantastic. I should avail myself again. Uh, what, what that <laughs> means is that you have these things. If you don't have cable, then you can't, you know, they're um, I don't watch kind of the chunks. entire show. I and watch what maybe you're a missing- couple interviews if they look particularly Interesting, but like for Seth Meyers, I, he does like a closer look, which is normally like a political thing that yeah. he does three times a week or something yeah. like that. So it's like a 10 yeah, to 15 it, minute segment. You mentioned interviews. I like in watching late night TV sometimes. You can see it sometimes even in a political show or something too that isn't necessarily late night. But in terms of late night TV, you know when you just hit like a good interview mm-hmm. and where the person and the and the interviewer, the host... That was really good. And you can sometimes you can tell, like I just watched, as I say, Tina Fey being interviewed by Seth. They know each other really well. They're friends. They're oh, yeah. They've got so much history. Else. Um, it was pretty good. But I, I got the sense like from just watching her and when they go to ads and stuff that she realized, okay, it didn't it didn't really hit. Like we didn't get, mm. you know what I mean? So it was fine. But then some interviews, they're just fantastic. Like they're yeah. just, and so you, you never really know. Some people you can depend on. I'm thinking of, in particular with that, um, Martin Short. There was a while oh, back where Martin so Short great. and Steve and Steve Martin together did a bit of a tour of the late night shows and stuff yeah. to advertise or to promote only. Murders oh, when they in the were building. doing only murders in the building. So you guys have both watched that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's also another good one. It's I would recommend show, that. Okay. It's great. Apparently, those two guys are just hilarious and fantastic. And this is again what while well, it was Teen Fey and others were saying, like they just love each other so much, and they're so funny, and they're so I mean, committed to their craft. It makes sense because it it comes out in that show yeah right like there's it's so genuine yeah so that's disney plus well worth watching 
Um, the uh, well, Disney Plus in Canada, at least sometimes it's different in the states. Yeah, I'm not sure. yeah. For our, for our plethora of American we'll, listeners, we'll move you're on your own to, to figure that briefly out. to um, documentaries. Um, and I'm just doing this because it, in Canada it was on Disney Plus. I think it's on something else in the states. But um, so there was a documentary that was released a few weeks ago um, about Hillsong. The giant Australian. No, that's not on Disney Plus, or otherwise I would have Discover. Discovery Plus. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. It is Discovery Plus. Correction. Hillsong yeah. Discovery yeah. Plus. Corrections. Right, because I signed. I signed up for It'll a week and then canceled. It. Um, really interesting that too, Allison. You saw one episode. I saw all three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well worth watching. Um, basically, this phenomenon of this mega church, mega, 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 mega church, and I guess the argument is it was always about the money, um, and. Uh, you know, focusing a lot on things like all the unpaid labor that they mm, get. Like not yeah. only do all these young people give unpaid labor, but those people are also giving a bunch of money and free labor and yeah. kind of, and the whole thing is collapsing now. A lot of focus on um, Carl Lentz, who was the pastor of their Hillsong in the New, York, New York and good friends with like, um, well, speaking He's of only the murders celebrity in pastor. the building, Selena Gomez was there for a while. Mm. Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber became good friends with him. Yeah. Kevin Durant, the basketball yeah. player. Um, and that's all kind of collapsed now. So that, that's worth watching um, as well. Uh, how about, we can go back to TV too and movies, but how about books? Mm. We're doing entertainment well, and arts and culture. So we're in the arts <laughs> and All culture. the things. All, the all things. of the things. Well, I know that a book that we've all read in the office is uh, The School for Good Mothers, which I'm not sure I would say it's good in like an enjoyable sense. Like, first of all, like it reads... I, I, I messed up my library checkout date, so I had 24 hours to read the book. And I did it. But like it 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 is a compelling read. It's you read it in so a day well too. written. I did. And it's afternoon. incredibly kind of like disturbing. Like it it was It is. I, I was saying to it Todd, haunts you. It it almost feels like a prequel to Handmaid's to, Tale. It's yes, called, so it's called it really the, does. It's got school? that very dystopian kind of flavor to it. Yeah. But yeah. like just believable enough that like it's, it's just, it feels it, weird. It feels current. Right, but yeah. like just on like a tipping point or a precipice before like I, government I, uh, really loses its mind, I and then you to get the to audio, Tale. I listened to the audio book, and it's quite long when you listen to audio book. Mm. Like, and I was so engaged with that same thing. I, I yeah. was traveling from here in Vancouver to Tofino and back over a few days. Like, stayed there and came back, and so listened to it a lot in the car, and was just like absolutely overwhelmed with this book yeah. called the school for good mothers jessamine chan we do recommend it but yeah. be careful well, although be careful i would say maybe it. if you're there's some if, warnings if what would warnings would young you give children yeah. i'm not sure i would say i would recommend it like it it i mean i don't think it's not giving away much of the plot but it's about someone who has uh, like custody of their children, like taken away from them and they have to go to this school for good mothers. And it's, I honestly, after I finished the book went up and I like hugged my kids and I'm like, it, it like stays with you. It's so haunting. I, I don't know, maybe a little bit at your own discretion, like know yourself and where maybe you are emotionally. <laughs> yeah. It is haunting too. You're it's, right. It, it's, it's so It's still well with written. me. I read it in yeah. January or something. It's April now. And yeah. And yeah. I've read a number of books since and I, and I, just I'm like, oh, that one is scary. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it talks, so possible too. It, the kinds of things that happen in there. Very much so, and it, there's, you know, it talks about mental health. Um, yeah, a lot. Um, well, quite explicitly in in many like names, again, parental and, expectations, and um, yeah, the kind of deification of motherhood. Um, yeah, right, and the way that we hold mothers up, um, which 
that's a thing that happens now. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot going on in that book and yeah, it's the, not long. That's the thing. Like you really can just sit no. down and just consume it in a short period of time. Um, but all of those things really stick with you. Um, I think I, when I read it, it was around the time things were happening in Texas with, you know, basically, you know, criminalizing abortion effectively. Mm. And, yes. And all these other kinds of things. And, and I, I read it and I thought, what's one of the things Margaret Atwood said about Handmaid's Tale and Testaments and such, that all of these psychotic, excessive things have already happened in in some kind of um, mm-hmm. authoritarian regime. Yeah. And the reminder that any authoritarian regime in our human history seems to have one of the first places that ec- control is exercised is over the female body, right? And this this is that um, in, in many ways. But that's for me what stood out is that it wasn't that far from the news stories I was reading. Like I could have imagined this school existing in in some Southern States in the United States or elsewhere. Yeah, I can. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I found it very plausible, which is, which is why it was scarier. (laughs) Yes. To to me that, that, um, so that, that was, um, yeah, an amazing book that I read one recently that I'd like to recommend. I'll ask you when we end. So what, you know, a book and a TV show and a movie or something to recommend, something like that. Um, so one of the other recommendations I would have book-wise is a book I'm just finishing called We Don't Know Ourselves by a journalist named Fintan O'Toole from Ireland. And it's about Ireland. And uh, it's funny and infuriating and all of these other kinds of things. Looking effectively at how Ireland, Irish society separate itself from the dominance of the church and the dominance of a particularly kind of um, corrupt but accepted uh, political regime really really fascinating in the end he basically says that uh, the Irish people realized that they were more moral than their leaders and that's what allowed freedom because he points out so many inconsistencies one of the ones I'll mention that stands out is it was till very recently the mid-90s or something in Ireland where whether to get a marriage annulled or in some cases to have permission to get married you had to go before this like you had to get a thing from a panel effectively in some cases it would seem like a rubber stamp but this these these panel this panel existed, and they they got to deter, you know decide your marital status in a sense, like whether you could get divorced or whether you could get. Isn't that wonderful? And of course, there was a lot of control from the Catholic Church with this type of thing, even though it was more political than religious. And and he points out at one time, this is near the end of these things existing. Um, on the panel, there was somebody who was like knowingly, in a lot of ways, admittedly like ha- had been sexually abusing children. And sat on this panel. And another one was somebody who, some other horrible thing in politics in the Catholic Church or something. There were three people on this panel who just were like, what the heck? And they were making decisions about the moral lives of other people. So, for example, a, a panel like that made a decision that a local school teacher should be fired from her job because she was living with her boyfriend or something. And these these guys made, made that decision. And so yeah. Fintan O'Toole's basic yeah. argument told in it, typically funny and kind of way is that people finally realize it, it doesn't have to be like this, right? The freedom that, so that's, yeah. th- that's a, that's not a novel. That's a, but it's, it really reads well. It's a great book. Well, and, yeah, like from, I've, I've read bits of it, um, a few bits of it. And I mean, they're, they're very digestible little chunks. I mean, the, I, I'm, some of it can be hard to digest just because it, it's hard to absorb some of the, the trauma that yeah. he's counting. Yeah. But, but I mean, like the chapters aren't like, exceptionally long it's no, more like little chapters. kind of yep. vignettes 
Yeah, he, he interplays between kind of IRA and the troubles yeah. and politics and the church. Mm, and so yeah. he, he t- there's, there's one kind of centerpiece in, I can't remember the guy's name. It was very well known in Ireland, but was a Catholic priest and was a bit of a superstar. First time he saw him, O'Toole was already a journalist and wound up like traveling in this guy's sports car, like from some conference. And they <laughs> were going so fast, O'Toole was like, I thought I was going to die. And he was just like, just one of these people that's like, and the church was like, oh, we found our superstar, right? And he was, and he, well, then it turns out he had an affair with this American woman, had a child with her. Um, it doesn't come out until the child's 10 years old. Oh my gosh. And uh, it becomes a big wow. media thing. She is unapologetic in, in the kind of climactic thing. It won't give too much away, but she goes on a late night show that figures well in this book as well. And the and even though the guy, he's not a church guy, not a rep of the church officially, but the host of this late night show basically goes at her and kind of, you know, talks about how wonderful the father was this priest because it's all become public now Hmm. and and you know almost is insinuating that she's doing damage to the church right she is somehow of course she is and she says i think i'm i'm done pretty well myself or something in other words she takes her own agency her own self you know respect and whatever else and she won't allow you know the culture in the church to have this he draws a really interesting scene where there's apparently there's some grainy video footage in a in a New York uh, hotel lobby, like some half fancy hotel lobby, and it's when one of one, when this kind of came out, and they were working some stuff out, and the kid's ten years old, and so, but I think that that priest is there, and maybe her, and something's being filmed with like a cell phone camera or something, and he uh, O'Toole, the author, says there's a, there's a time when the cell phone camera turns or is jostled just enough that out of the in the periphery of the shot, you can see a ten year old child half hiding behind a post. And that's the kid. And you realize, and what O'Toole does very skillfully is he draws that out to be like, that's like all the hidden and missing children who in many cases were killed, suffered, judged, you know, considered nothing in the whole history of this. In Ireland. Yeah. You can't help as a Canadian to make the parallels between that and our residential schools. Yes. You really feel that. They had these things called Magdalene laundries and stuff where women were sent. And Mm -hmm. so really worth reading. Not as well, it's still easy to find because you can find any book, but it's more, um, there's some publishers in North America now, but I think it was out in Europe first. Uh, What else for you guys before we end? What like, you should watch this or you should listen to this. We're not really talking about music today, I guess. We'll do that another time. <laughs> nobody listens For to any new, there's no, nobody listens to new music anymore though. Anyway. Well, I, the music I used to consume was when I was driving to work and yeah. without my commute, it, it is a strange uh, thing. Yeah, that I, it, I feel disconnected from new music. Um, I lament the loss of new music. Yeah, I, I find it's myself, out there. Artists are I know, dropping music some fantastic like crazy stuff, and I'm not listening to it. But most people only listen to old music. I'm 24 mm. year old and 22. Two-year-old sons, as you guys know, and even they kind of listen to older music. I think well, there's something to that I, right now in the midst yeah. of the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, where we're we're trying to find things that are comfortable. Yeah, I was right. actually just going to say that, Amanda. Um, I think there's something yeah. to that right now, right? There's like a it's like a no. little security blanket or something like the music I know that I can kind of hum along to or yeah. sing along to. Um, Maybe we should do like a little moratorium sometime. Not yet. Because Allison still has COVID. But when we're out of this pandemic, finally. Post-COVID. Post-COVID. Okay. Do we need to make a note of how many times Todd said, I think we might be out of we this will on the have, podcast? We yeah, will that's have true. A, I don't think anyone should take what Todd has to say about this pandemic to heart. <laughs> uh, we'll, He's been so wrong. When we're finally out of this, five years from now. The never-ending pandemic. When, oh. we're in a, when we're in the you know bird flu instead of the COVID flu. Oh, oh thank uh, you, Todd. We will, thank you. Anyway, when Wonderful. we're out of this. We will have a moratorium and say for like a month we can only listen to new music. 
I can get behind that. Okay. Yeah, I'm but in. Not sure. yet. Um, Allison, what else do you have? And, and then we'll do the old, uh, we'll all recommend something. I mean, I'm not sure what else I, I have. My daughter and I just finished reading The Hobbit, which which was fun. It's been, I don't even know how long since Speaking I've read that Speaking of book. going back to something old and comfortable. Yeah. Right? But I mean, there's a lot of it that felt very like, timely where he's talking about the journey and the hardships and even just the way that the book is written like there's some sections that are a little boring like he takes he takes his time with a few things oh yeah which actually <laughs> ends Peter up Jackson like got three hours out of it yeah 400 <laughs> i mean there's part where like i watched the movies also recently because i hadn't seen the the hobbit movies and i was kind of like how did you make like nine hours out of a 300 page book but i'm like there, there's a lot of stuff like in four there. hours but, is like a dinner party but it was, like, was it an was actual really, dinner party <laughs> was there for the whole thing <laughs> it was very interesting to like talk about like even just looking at you know when when bilbo's going home like the hardships that they had even after the big kind of stuff is done and like there was part where i couldn't help but draw some parallels with being like in some ways i feel like some of the worst of the pandemic is behind us but there's still like we are still in this for mm -hmm. a while like and so i found it very very interesting um so if you haven't read it, I'd, I'd suggest picking it back up. So I've got a couple other little things to mention, just for if listeners, you know, different uh, kinds of people in terms of what they like. I listened to a book on the first tour to France ever. So as you guys know, I cycle all the time and connect with many people who do. And, and Allison's <laughs> husband fixes all my bikes. And so there's a lot of cycling talk going on. I listened to a book called Butcher, Blacksmith, Acrobat, Sweep. And it's about the first tour to France ever. Oh. And it's a really good book. It's It's easy to read. It's... Um, but it, and it, like a lot of these historical things, it, it shows how the genesis of a lot of the current problems, you know, doping and cheating and everything's corporate and whatever else. So I guess, you know, blessings and curses, um, were right there in the original one. And some of the crazy mm. things like cyclists, like smashing each other with their bikes and beating people up oh. and you could, oh yeah. <laughs> more they, drama than I was well, anticipating. in the early days too, they would like smoke cigarettes before oh, they hit very a dramatic, because yes. they thought cigarettes <laughs> cleared your lungs to be able to climb better and stuff. It's all kind of interesting and fantastic. Um, TV shows, my recommendation, we haven't actually talked about it, but um, would be a show on HBO that I watched, uh, Jennifer and I watched called Somebody Somewhere. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, go take a look at it. There's the first episode has a really hopeful oh, kind of church scene. Yeah, really kind interesting. Um, so that would be it. I, I would say um, somebody somewhere. And then I would back you up, Allison School for Good Mothers, and we don't know ourselves. Yeah. What about yeah. you guys? Um, I can't say a ton about it, but I've started reading This Here Flesh. Um, oh, yeah. Which oh, yeah. I'm... I'm not far into it, but it's beautifully written. Um, That's uh, Black Liturgies or something it's called? Yeah, yeah. there's an Instagram account. Cole Arthur um, Riley. Mm -hmm. Like, That's I mean, author. nothing about that surprises me. Everything that, that she writes that I've encountered is just, it's so thoughtful. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, so really, really nice. I'll steal that from you when you're done with it, Amanda. Absolutely. Um, I'm going on a <laughs> trip this week, so I'm hoping to take that with me um, and, and read through that in some of my downtime. And then I also downloaded um, Sarah Polly's new book, um, oh, on I've, Audible, I've good um, and I've that. heard good things about yeah. that. So I'm looking forward to listening to that on the flight. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's those are the ones I've got coming up. Is, and then I did read one one recommendation. I have it's it's not a new book by any stretch. Um, Homegoing by um, mm. Yagyasi. Oh. Yagyasi. Yeah, um, I found it up there. It's actually our first book, and it's so good. And it's not long. 
easy to read. Um, back to that kind of intergenerational trauma, it's, it's about the slave trade and every chapter actually skips a generation. So the stories are actually, they're short, but they're all kind of tied together and just what what the history of slavery has done generation by generation mm. and the impact of, oh, of each of those um, fiction, but yeah. really beautiful. Um, definitely worth well, it. Well, we've got it right here, right? Both we do. It's on the shelf. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> is there, so before we end, is there anything that everybody watches anymore? Like when I was young, this is now even, you know, it's, I was quite young. Um, Thursday nights, mm. you watch the Cosby show. People, that's what Speaking of Not canceling sure. things. Um, yeah. I did that, yeah. No, exactly. but you're right. When I is was younger, like that, Thursday night was ER night. Everybody watched ER. ER, yeah. Um, is there anything like that anymore? Yeah. I don't think to the same degree, just because with like streaming services yeah. and that sort of stuff, I mean, you either have stuff that's just, released in bulk or... Better Call Saul might be, like, there's a lot of people who watch that, yeah, but not everybody. I haven't. I, I I'm mean, not sure that Game there's of kind Thrones, of that ubiquitous. Was, Game of Thrones, maybe. Something like that, even though I didn't actually really but there's get just it. Nothing, I haven't watched it either. No, so what you're saying is, we're all saying, there's nothing really like that anymore. Not in the same so. way. I think, no, because we have so many choices, and we're not bound to the time mm-hmm. that the cable network airs it. Right. Right? Like, Thursday night was an event. Um and that was like TV networks were kind of like vying and they were like competing against each other to have like the best show on Thursday night. Yeah. That's not a thing that exists anymore because of streaming and the availability of watching. Yeah, I wonder whenever. about that too. Like uh, one of the things I like about things like Better Call Saul and others, even though in the moment you might, is uh, they release one episode a week and th- there's something kind of throwbacky about that where you're like, I feel like streamers wait till next have Monday started and watch doing again. more of that. Like Apple TV does that. Yeah. Um, well, and Disney Plus crave. has done that with some of like their particularly like either the Marvel or the Star Wars, like the Only Mandalorian the or Moon Knight that they're like once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they kind of force you to not binge. I mean, the last, <laughs> yeah. the last consideration Thanks. for our time here would be because we've talked about a whole bunch of things and you, you it's possible. I mean, I don't know about our audience, but um, that people would listen and go. Oh, I don't know any of those things. Oh, that's mm-hmm. like a that's kind of a culture that I'm not. Whereas, like one of the shows, Ken Bell, our cupboard master, mentioned a couple weeks ago when we were talking was I think it's called Yellowstone. Isn't that like Kevin Costner and stuff? And it's oh. on. Yeah, I know. Which has become that kind one, of a yeah. kind of a I think a, like very popular in the more conservative yes. circles. Yeah. Yes. So it might be that there are different worlds for these things. I mean, I hope not. Yeah. I hope that we try to reach mm-hmm. across some of those things, but that would be worth considering too. That part of the reason there's not a show that like everybody watches now is there's different silos too. Mm, and so yeah. to mm-hmm. try to, that's one of the interesting things in a lot of the reviews I read about righteous gemstones was that it actually is a show that crosses those lines. And some people didn't like it because they didn't think that, that it was is. harsh enough about, you know, Trumpian politics or the right wing church or whatever. Um, they don't think it's harsh enough about that. I think it's pretty harsh. Yeah, Some of the real progressive kind of, uh, right. but yet it attracts those people at the same time and yeah. so really interesting to consider those things um so that's it that's our first arts and culture yeah. and entertainment panel we think we've given you enough things that you could go and find something oh i think there's I plenty think so. of content for someone to is find. there going to be like a you know a big paragraph in the episode note saying this i think we're gonna have to make a big list okay we'll try to remember it all allison you seem to be feeling fine i do feel fine oh you're taking no. a test right now <laughs> yes, up my nose at the moment. Um, in real time. No, I'm I've been feeling yeah, mostly good through all this. I've had some bouts of fatigue that kind of like hit me harder than I anticipated. 
But like the last 24 hours, I've been totally fine. It's always funny when we say bouts of fatigue with illness because a bunch of us go, bouts of fatigue. That's like. Isn't that every day? That's Thursday. <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, someone, as someone with young kids and who had a, yeah. a chronic illness for a long time yeah, yeah i still had moments of fatigue that i, I don't really have either of those I... things and yet i still have you still understand the, the yeah, tiredness absolutely. yeah no yeah. that's a pretty universal thing mm-hmm. well get well <laughs> and thank you for this conversation and by the way listeners like there's ways to get in touch with us tell us like yeah you need to watch this show or whatever and absolutely mm-hmm. we make no promises but we might <laughs> we might we'll listen, we might but watch. we make no promises yeah. so thanks so much <laughs> take care okay thanks Rector's Cupboard releases a new episode every other Friday. The podcast is a production of Reflector Project. Hosts are Todd Weeb and Allison Williams. Cupboard master for tastings and locations is Ken Bell. Production and social media by Amanda Mina. For past episodes and other content, visit rectorscupboard.ca. Thanks for listening.